This is Jack Bauer, and you're listening to the Who's Your Daddy Godcast. 2018, the year of suddenly, immediately, and holy ghost fire. This is the award-winning podcast from a history with God Ministries Godcast Network featuring Frank and Christina Sasso. Visit us online at ahistorywithgod.org for articles, links, prophetic words, prayer requests, and other awesome resources. And now, let's join the host of this Godcast, Frank Sasso. Hello, everybody. This is Frank Sasso coming at you on the Who's Your Daddy Godcast today. That's right. You know, I was originally going to do the second part of the expansion message, but I was reading an article by Happy Caldwell. I don't know if you've ever heard of Happy Caldwell. He's the founding pastor of uh, Agape Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's also the president and founder of Victory Television Network. Happy Caldwell. I was reading an article that he had written called A Righteous Revolution, and it really, really spoke to me, spoke volumes. And I'm just going to kind of talk a little bit about that today because I feel like the timing is like just perfect. You know, we're living right now in in, in a revolution, a righteous revolution. You know, whenever I talk to people, inevitably the question comes up, who are you? You know, that's become like my goal in life is to help people realize who they are and who they can be. You know, so many people say, when I ask them who are they, they say things like, oh, you know, I'm a plumber, I'm a father, I'm a mother, I'm a survivor, I'm a warrior, I'm this, I'm that, I'm Jim, I'm Joe, you know, it's like, no, 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 at your core, who are you? And of course, the answer I'm looking for is on the righteousness of God, right? So that being said, this Righteous Revolution article really jumped out at me. If you turn on the TV or you read a newspaper, you know, you'll see that a revolution's going on in our country and the righteous have a key part to play in it. When the Bible talks about the righteous, it's always talking about us. It's always talking about the believer. Okay? Proverbs twenty eight one. The righteous are bold as lions. And in Proverbs twenty nine two it says when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Proverbs 14.34, righteousness exalts a nation. Our country is stirred up. The media is stirred up. Why? Because we're in the middle of a time when the biblical values that we really hold near and dear to our heart, they're being tested. They're being tried. But it's also a time when things are turning around. Things are realigning with God's standards. And it's our responsibility to keep this righteous revolution alive. I'm so grateful for this article. It's in the Believer's Voice of Victory magazine for October 2018. So I'm just going to kind of like go through this article with you guys and, and just hope you get encouraged by it because, again, it really, really spoke to me and it fired me up. So this is why I'm kind of focusing on this today. Psalm 11.3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now, the word foundations refers to the moral and political standards of a nation. Notice King David didn't write, what can the sinners do? He didn't write, what can the government do? What can the media do? No, he wrote, what can the righteous do? Why? Because the moral and political standards of our nation are our responsibility as believers. And we can't afford to lose the momentum that God gave us to hold fast to biblical values and stop any godless agendas. When you look at scripture, you can see that this really isn't anything new. 
God always held the righteous responsible for the well-being of a nation. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Look at Genesis 18, 17 to 21. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? For I know that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken to him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I'll know. So God was heading down to Sodom and Gomorrah to hold like, the, like a, a judicial investigation. But he already had Abraham. Abraham is righteous. Okay? So he already had Abraham in mind, ready to deal with the situation. So in Genesis 18, verses 23 to 25, and Abraham drew near and said, Will thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Will you also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are there? That be far from you to do after this manner, to slay the righteousness with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that fall far from you? Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Abraham totally had God's ear. Totally had it. And he pleaded his case based on the number of righteous in those cities. And today... God still looks for the righteous to stand in the gap for the land. For us, that means America or the nation in where you live. Look, I know things may look bad, especially if you watch the news. That's why we don't even watch the news. We do not watch the news. It's all bad. But the truth is this. God has laid a foundation for his people. He put a lot of pro-life and pro-family and pro-marriage and pro-Israel representatives in charge. And it's up to us, the righteous, to take a stand with them and pray for them. Now, I know, because I talk to a lot of people, you may not have ever thought yourself as being righteous, but righteousness is the ability to stand in the presence of God without guilt or shame. It means having no concept of your past life, no concept of failure, no concept of lack, and as a believer, I gotta tell you, that's you. So get off your high horse, stop being so impressed with yourself, and understand you're the righteousness of God, not because of anything you ever did, not because you deserved it, not because you earned it, not because you're so smart, not because you're so dumb. It has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with him, Jesus. He gave you his righteousness and he took all your garbage. It was a gift. Every single believer has received the gift of righteousness. Look it up, Romans 5.17. The creator of the universe has made us sons and daughters. That's not an arrogant or prideful statement. You know, I'm a son. I'm a son of God. You have authority and God is ready to use you. 1 Peter 3.12 says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. All right, let's jump back to Genesis 15.6. It says that Abram was counted, quote unquote, counted, righteous because he believed in God. But here's the thing, it's different for us. Our righteousness is not counted. The Bible says we were made righteous. Second Corinthians 5.21 For God has made Jesus to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Might be made. Might be made. Meaning it's up to you. You might be made the righteousness of God. If you ever wake up to the fact that you can, you know, Isaiah 64, 6 says that our righteousness is as of filthy rags. 
Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. But that's the key. We're not talking about our righteousness. We're talking about His righteousness. You and I are not righteous because of anything we've done. I'm saying it again. We're righteous for one reason, because of what Jesus did, period. Our righteousness is inherited as a gift from God. We didn't do one thing to deserve it, earn it, or make it. The reason we can stand in his presence without any guilt or shame is because we didn't do anything to get it. Jesus did everything. Jesus did it. So it's as if Jesus is standing there. In Philippians 3.9, Paul says that, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. God already knew what he needed to do legally for us to be righteous. He already knew. Our part is the by faith side. And it's a vital side. It's the side that works this out day by day. Okay, so what can we do? What can the righteous do to uphold moral and political standards of a nation? Well, first we can pray, right? James 5.16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We need to pray with determination, not letting go until our prayers are answered in the, in the sense that they are manifest in the natural realm. Because, you know, God always answers our prayers. His answers are always yes and amen. And, you know, he never says no. His answers are always yes and amen. So never put up with, sometimes God says no. He never says no. That is a lie. God's answers are always yes and amen. Which means, let it be so. Okay, so you never let go until you see the thing happen in the natural. Second, we can stand before God. Romans 5, 1-2 says that, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Remember, we're justified by faith. So, as the righteous, we alone can stand before God without guilt or shame. Third, we could stand in the gap for the land. Ezekiel twenty two thirty says, And I sought for a man among them, that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. It's not in God's, you know, DNA to destroy. That's not his MO. Satan is the destroyer. John 10.10. 10. That's why God sought for someone who would make a hedge and stand in the gap. We can pray. We can stand before God. We can stand in the gap for our cities, our states, our nation. We can pray for our president, our governors, you know, there's just all that stuff. Members of Congress, you know, get involved in prayer. Get involved in this stuff. Don't criticize them. Don't judge them. Support those in authority. And when you do that, you'll talk about expansion. You'll start seeing an expansion of your influence because of prayer. Remember Second Chronicles 7.14? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, right? The land will be healed. He'll hear them from heaven. He's, he, he's already forgiven us our sins, but we'll get more of a revelation of that. We're living in a righteous revolution. And it's our time right now to take our place in Christ and take our stand for what's right. It's time we stood in prayer before God, standing in the gap for the nation. So I'm going to say it again. Pray for President Trump. Pray for Congress. Pray for the leaders all the way from the national level down to the local level, regardless of what party they belong to. Pray that no weapon formed against them is going to prosper and that no evil will befall them. And as we do, this righteous revolution will continue and flow like a wave. And it's an awakening. It's the revival we've been waiting for. Okay? Let us know how you do. In the meantime, remember this. We love you. God loves you. And Jesus is 
Lord. Stay blessed. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast from the History with God Ministries. This teaching is a powerful ministry tool that you can use to experience the power of God in your life. Thank you again for listening and for helping us reach the world with the love of Jesus. A History with God Ministries. Seeing, hearing, remembering. Until next time, remember, we love you, God loves you, and Jesus is Lord. Stay blessed.